Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie. Paul Brown. Oh, wow. Here we are yet again. Thank you, Dad. It yeah. is a pleasure to be here with you. How are you this week? Oh, I'm not too badly. Yeah. Not too badly at all. There's lots going on at the moment. Oh my God, Which, yeah. you know, if you're one of these people who digests music, then there's a good chance you need to go for a run this week because, wow. Yeah, yeah. You'll absolutely will have overeaten... You'll uh, you'll resemble. Do you remember the start of the movie Seven, where there's the guy that's tied up and he's been forced to eat? And yes, he's, yep, he's yep, massive yep. and his his gut exploded. Yep. Yeah, that's what you're going to be like this week because oh, wow. it's absolutely chock full to the rafters of new music. Such a graphic way to kick this off. And it for is those very graphic. Who haven't seen the movie Seven? Great movie. You know that was like part of the inspiration behind the Saw movies, having that big twist at the end. Ooh. But yeah, we're not really talking about movies. We're talking about heavy <laughs> music. But before we move on, let's head to the newsroom right now. Ebony Story's got the latest headlines with the heavy news. Hi guys. Big news right now. After three years, Korn have finally released a new song. It's called You'll Never Find Me, and it'll be the first single off of album number 13, so expect that in the second half of this year. It is the third album to feature Brian Head Welch, who has returned in 2013 after spending a few years chasing down God. He's back now that he's found him, and the band have said at Download Festival 2018 that they'll be back touring with this new album, so stay tuned for dates. But song release of the week has to go to Kill Switch Engage. Unleashed is out right now and it's a more melodic take with a heavy backing. It's similar to the 2004 album The End of Heartache, which featured former vocalist Howard Jones. And speaking of, he will actually be making a cameo on the new album as well. It's out August 9th and it's called Atonement. We also have New Year's Day who have announced their debut headline tour in March 2020. They played at Download this year and pulled a decent crowd and apparently fans raved about their Pantera cover of Fucking Hostile. They have released it on their Diary of a Creep EP so you can give that a listen on YouTube. And then we head to Adelaide where we have um, a little band called Freedom of Fear who have just signed to EVP Recordings. They also work with Pagan and Disentomb. Um, but Freedom of Fear have a debut release called Nocturnal Gates coming out on August 2nd. So if you're a fan of Extreme Metal and Gent, you might like this gang. The Beautiful Monument have just released their second album, I'm the Reaper. It's the follow-up to the first album, I'm the Sin. And these girls are killing it right now. So jump on board, listen to the album and go see a show. You will not regret it. And Entombed AD were last here in 2017. And we have a new album announcement from them. Bowels of Earth will be out August 30th and it's super heavy. So if you like your gutturals and Swedish death metal, check out their new single Torment Remains. And if you need more prog in your life, which I think everyone does... Circles kick off their winter Australian tour in Sydney on July 11th. That's it for the heavy news this week. Thanks, Ebony. Look, there's one thing I wanted to point out that yep. she mentioned. She said that Killswitch Engage had the song of the week, the better of the two between Corn. I'm going to have to Let's branch up. it out. Yeah. There's, there's, I think there's actually three. Yeah, and they are all great songs. Like, Mind you, these are all great songs, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm putting my hand up. To sit in Team Corn this week. Yeah. I loved that return to form yourself, though. I'm also Team Corn. I obviously have uh, an affinity with Prophets of Rage, being that, you know, I'm Team Tom Morello. You are. Uh, and, you know, I have an audio slave tattoo. Uh, and you missed a golden opportunity to go oh. up and shake his hand at Download Festival. Oh, for God, those, it still hurts. For it those who hurts. don't know this story, we were doing interviews backstage at Download Festival 2018. Tom Morello walks in and Tim's standing there, white as a ghost, like afraid or like just intimidated to go up and say day. I walk past him like, 
G'day, Tom. Nice to meet you. You know, thanks for the interview the other week. Gave me like a big pat on the back and said, mate, it's great. He's a nice guy. And then told you and you lost it and he was gone. And then it was the saddest day of your life. Well, he did come back and I, I went towards him and he was actually speaking with someone. So I didn't want to be rude. Just... So I, I hovered. <laughs> I like hold in, it all in those, like a holding pattern. The, the 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 photos you see of like the fans who are just standing there in the background when like two prominent people are talking. I was trying to be not so obvious. <laughs> and Karina from High Tension came around the corner and I was like, oh, this is perfect. I haven't met Karina before, but we've spoken on email. Yeah. I'll say g'day. This will give me a reason to be nearby and I can explain to Karina and give my excuses when Tom's finished his conversation and yep, go and yep, meet him. Yep. And so we got through our pleasantries, Karina and I, and then I said, oh, look, I hope you don't think this is rude, but if I get the chance to just quickly say good day to Tom Morello, I'm going to have to go. Yeah. And she said, it's okay. I'm just back here stalking John Davis from Corn." <laughs> so we were both there. Fan- For the same reason. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and then his conversation ended before mine did with Karina. And then he left. And I, I was like, oh, well, got to meet Karina. Yep, yep, perfect. But then I also met Timmy C and Brad Wilk as well. So, so technically, like, you... That's 50% of you Rage Against You met someone who's touched him, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God, now I sound like a horrible fanboy. No, look, we all need a fanboy at some point in our life. And uh, the song that the Prophets of Rage guys put out this week, Made With Hate, um, I'm loving the positivity that they're spreading through their rap rock. Yeah, and that's exactly what this is. It's rap rock, and it's it's not quite rage, and it's not quite Cypress Hill. It's that that, that middle in between. Yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, there is a there is obviously a part of me that really wishes that there was that absolute fire and rage, you know, rage for better one of a better word. Yep. that came with Rage Against the Machine. Um, but I think we just need to all stop pining for that now and, and, and understand that the Prophets of Rage is where they're going and actually just listen to the message of what they're Correct. putting out. Yeah. Because it's not like they're not putting out the same message. They're just delivering it in a slightly different way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm absolutely here for what they're saying in this song and it, it's, it's about, you know, combating the idea of, you know, ideas made with hate and that's... That's something that everyone should be subscribing to is, you know, being against the idea of hate. Yeah. And yeah. It's spruiking more positivity. And like, you look at a band like this, they're, they're intimidating guys when you see them. When, and they have bodyguards. They are their bodyguards. They are yeah. their bodyguards, exactly. Hence why you didn't interrupt the conversation at yeah. download. Yeah. And, but when you hear what these guys are, are singing about, and it, it just changes your perception of them completely. They seem like really approachable kind of blokes. They don't seem like it. They are. Yeah. They're very lovely blokes. Like, they were absolutely willing for a chat, but their minders and their bodyguards and whatever are very aware that they have a timeline and a schedule. Yeah, So gotcha. they, they get moved on very quickly. Yeah, they're professional in that yeah. regard, whereas you get other bands who kind of, like, hang around for 20 minutes when the interview goes for five. and They also probably don't have the number of sweaters that... <laughs> That, you know, people that have been in Rage Against the Machine and Cypress Hill have, you know? Yeah, look, it's been around for a while, so you're bound to come across people like yourself. And that, and look, <laughs> if you're a sweater, sweat. I don't care. Like, if you're proud to be a fan of something, spruik that. Be that person. Yeah, wear it on your sleeve. Yeah. But back on deck again. Uh, Corn put out their new song, You Will Never Find Me. And didn't this reek of just old school corn? Yeah. There's... 
there's parts I heard that were, there's almost like, you remember back on like Life is Peachy, there's a couple of like interludes and sort of intros yeah. in the songs that, that, you know, hark back to like nursery rhymes and stuff like that. Yep. There's a couple of little melodies in this song that sort of are a little bit sing-songy there before like getting into the real heavy yeah, yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, and then I heard someone, uh, Reese Fox, um, mentioned that it was reminding him very much of Issues era corn. Yep. See, the, I the heard the darkness it, and the bleakness of it. I heard it, and I heard like elements of uh, "Make Me Bad" and yeah, falling yeah. away from me. Yeah, so, like, issues. That, that's yeah. what I mean. They've they've gone back to what the old fans wanted. Now, mm. um, I was having an argument with Ash Hull on Twitter about this. He mm-hmm. said the new album was fire. The last album was fire. Don't get me wrong; it was good. I really like Serenity of Suffering. It Suffering. just it just wasn't the corn I wanted to hear, if that makes sense. Like, okay. And I guess, you know, anything that came after um, the, the album they did with Skrillex was always going to be better in that regard because of those songs. But I feel like The Nothing is going to be their throwback album because it's been, what, 20 plus years that they've been... 99 was... Yeah. Or 98? Yeah. Followed the leader? That, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So look, I feel like they're getting to that point now where they they may go back or this just might be a teaser to get fans pumped up and think that they're going to have an album of like throwback kind of sounds. I'm not certain they're that consciously thinking about it. I think they're just making the music that's coming out of them right now and it just so happens to be this. You I, reckon? Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a like, oh, we need to make an old school record. I think it you know, I think that this just happens to be the sounds that are coming out. And what they're sort of like vibing in the studio again. Yeah. Because this is the third one back with um, Head back in the with band. Yeah, head, yeah. yeah. So, you know, enough time has passed for him to sort of, you know, be reacquainted with the mm. boys again to be able to get to that point of, you know, the, everyone working together for the sake of putting out this song and these albums and this sound. So Yeah, Corn Without Head was a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. We can all admit that, right? Yeah. So and bad. especially live where they had a second guitarist, but that second guitarist didn't play didn't on the cut stage it? with yeah, them. No, yeah. no, didn't play on the stage with oh, them. Oh, was he the, the off was like stage kind off of stage, guy? Yeah. Okay, all right. Mm. That was weird. Uh, well, I didn't get the chance to see them when that happened. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad they're all back now. That's yeah. good. Uh, and uh, Kill Switch Engage, they put out yeah, their I, new... I'm, I'm glad, we, I'm glad we got back to this because yeah, yeah, it yeah. felt like maybe Kill Switch might have got... Uh, Left out of the yep, conversation. Yep, yep. No, they, they need to be spoken about. Yeah. Um, the new album, Atonement, is on the way. They dropped the first single, Unleashed. And once again, just like Korn, they've kind of gone back to the earlier roots. Like when I heard this, I heard the end of Heartache. Yeah, and nice. I love that melodic, like the melodic metalcore kind of sound. But with that said, they're not exactly doing a parkway drive and moving away from metalcore, but they yeah. are becoming more metal and like yeah. leaving the core behind, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I can see that. Uh, like from a from another perspective, looking at both Corn and Killswitch Engage and the way that they've um, handled the promo and the the hype around yeah. these like these particular songs and announcements, I think these are two really great examples of uh, okay, yeah, sure, they're they're legacy bands now, like that you know they're you know bands with fifteen to 20 plus years yeah, under their belt, them, yeah. both of them, multiple, multiple albums under their belts, each of them. And this could easily have been just a boring old standard rollout. Um, but both of them, you know, did premieres that hyped and got people anticipating it. You know, the YouTube premiere last night at 11 PM, yep. getting people in that waiting queue for when yeah. it goes live, yep, yep, that yep. felt like engaging it felt like like there was actual oh my god i am waiting for this i'm gonna get i'm gonna set the reminder on youtube and and um and listen to it as soon as it 
drops yeah out. and on the on the flip side of things like the kill switch engage song it was actually live in itunes all day long oh really yeah and on spotify it was there it was sitting there all day long and i actually asked the publicist can i play this and she and janine was like no don't wait for the wait yeah, for premiere, the official yeah, yeah. Uh, thing so i respected that but it like i got a chance to hear it but what was really great was like, it Everyone waited until that 11 o'clock. Exactly, yeah. And Everyone had that, that kind of camaraderie to follow the rules, essentially, and no one leaked it, dropped it. I mean, there's, there was a leaked version online which someone filmed um, when they played it on the radio station in the US. Yeah, but you on serious yeah, yeah, you couldn't hear what was going on. So I like the fact that, like, I didn't listen to the full song. I heard it and well, I was like, no, I want like to... It's almost like you shouldn't film things before they are pr- officially released, Brown. Yeah, who would do that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's good to see that these bands are still killing it after all this time. And I'm looking for the one thing, um, on this Kill Switch Engage album that I can't wait for is the collaboration that they do with, um, Howard Jones. So they've got oh, him on that song. Oh, of course. I'd forgotten about that. And this is the first opportunity so cool. that we are going to have Kill Switch Engage with, with both, both front singers. men. Both have something different to offer. Yeah. Both are as eccentric as each other and... Like, this is going to be, in my opinion, it could be Song of the Year. It could be definitely up there with one of the best songs of the year. Big call. Because, well... I mean, certainly is going to be one of the most checked out songs. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely going to... Like, the view count's going to go through the roof, Exactly, because sure. you're going to get the Kills Which Engage fans who were Team Howard and yeah. the ones who were Team Jesse, like, coming together and essentially bro-hugging in the mosh pit, like, <laughs> essentially when you hear this song. But, you know, you're obviously not going to be in a mosh pit unless they start touring with Light the Torch. Oh, here we go. Which could happen. Are we going to have it a case of where people are going to say, well, so-and-so's verse was better? Uh, I hope not. Like, the elitism when it comes to being a Kills Which fan needs to be left at the door with this. We need to appreciate it for what it is because yeah. it's everything that they've worked towards but like the future yeah so like you know Howard's gone and now he's coming back again Jesse's got his um, vocal cords fixed yeah he had that surgery done so yeah. now he's hitting That's those guys like he used to so I'm really frothing for this and I hope they release it as a single because it could potentially chuck a Kim Kardashian and break the internet oh that'd be dope now talking about breaking things um, Tapestry broke the news that they are departing Darwin um, yeah. now, bunch of legends. For those who don't know, these guys have been like a pinnacle to heavy music in the Northern Territory mm. heavy music scene. Like there's, there's shows on, let's say, every week, every second week or so, and it's always in some way, shape or form, Tapestry are playing. Oh, I don't know if they played that regularly. Well, three weeks, four monthly, <laughs> maybe. But every time there's a gig up there, they seem to be a part of it in some they way. They seem to, yeah. And this is the thing about it. And this is when I met them, it reminded me a lot of coming from Rockhampton. Yeah. Because it, it takes me back to that whole thing of like necessity is the mother of all creation in that obviously, you know, even more that more so than Adelaide and Darwin. Yeah. No, uh, so Adelaide and Perth tours don't go to Darwin. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. and rather than complain about that, these guys were like, we're, we're going to bring shows to Darwin. So they've acted as the promoter. They've, they're there in the afternoon loading in the PA. Yeah. They're there. Right. You know, they they took the risk on putting their own money down, on putting their own blood, sweat and tears on the line, playing the show, but also promoting the show. The necessity to get shows to their hometown, bands to their hometown to play, for them to play with, 
they created a scene. There. Yeah, yeah. They were a really big part of creating that heavy scene there. And this kind of goes back to what we've spoken about in previous uh, podcasts, how like if you're like the local who spooks shows and talks about mm. them, you become the local identity. They became the local they identity absolutely were. up there. So they're packing their bags to head to Melbourne because they've been going at it for, mm. for X amount of years. I mean, we've been reporting on them for about five years yep. now or so. Yep. So like a big opportunity now that they're starting to get their name out there more and yep. more and do big things and, you know, be attached to tours. They're doing yeah, they're the all... beautiful monuments tour yeah. without the comfort. So what golden opportunity, much like Flynn Effect left Brisbane to go to Melbourne. So for them to follow suit and go down to Melbourne as well, join the music scene down there and who yeah. knows where they'll be in a year's time. Yeah. And what I want to see like coming forth is like the next band from Darwin to take on what those Tapestry Boys were doing, whether it be We Burn Bridges or Draft Day, you know, they're, they're, mm. they're the next two bands in my Step periphery up. that like I know from up there. And if there's, Pigeon. if there's other, yeah, if there's other bands up there Roy that want McConkey. to come through. Roy McConkey. Yep. I'm going to write these names down and go check them up. <laughs> that is 100% a band name from Darwin. But like, I want to go and check out the Darwin heavy music scene because mm. of what those boys have done. So yep. like, it's, it's a fantastic effort for them. And like, I, I can't be more stoked for them, you know, packing up and going to try out Melbourne. All I can say is Darwin bands or Darwin people looking to get involved in music industry, step up. Yeah, yeah. Make sure that you keep the legacy going. Start making moves. Uh, now, someone who started from the bottom and now is here, just going to chuck a Drake reference in there, is uh, an iconic member of the music community. This guy I've looked up to as a writer for absolutely so many years, and I'm stoked that he uh, said yes to joining us, us amateurs, in comparison to a guy <laughs> like him. Uh, Mike Honan, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, i got to tell you, I was I was very, very excited to hear that you... that we were going to be chatting with you on the podcast this week. Just talk us through some of your, you know, some of your favorite interviews over the years and, you know, favorite people to have, to have chatted with. I mean, you've, you've got a total breadth of experience across music and journalism. So I'm sure you've oh, got, thanks, man. yeah. Well, yeah, geez. I mean, it's a bit, something I get asked a lot, you know, it's, it's like, what, what are the kind of the standout moments? And, you know, I have to say it's, it's never the big ones, you know, like I've done the Jared Leto's, I've done the, the Billy Corgans of the world, which are all cool moments. But for me, it's the cool ones that stand out are the ones where I got the, where the artist or the talent absolutely ran circles around me. And the first one that comes to mind, the two that come to mind are uh, a bit random for most people. But I have to say, Code of Conduct and Cursor were the two artists that I interviewed where I had no control. They completely controlled the entire interview. They were, they knew what they were going to say. They spun my questions to suit their answers. So every now and then, you know, I find myself just laying awake in bed at night thinking, how the hell did they do that? <laughs> you know, and you know, you think that you're good, you know, and people tell you you're good. And then all of a sudden you're on the phone and cursor is just like, wait, you're not answering my question at all. You're, you're seriously just, just sticking to your messaging. So those are the ones that really stand out because those are the ones which make me think, oh, geez, you know, I, I better get better at this kind of thing. But sometimes it's cool to lose control in these interviews and see these artists, especially local ones. No matter how long you're in the industry for and how many interviews you do, you always come across situations where like, you go to interview someone who you, you think it's going well and then like, something might happen, whether you ask a question or whether something happens on their end, and then it changes completely and then you throw yourself off and then you obviously would have those self-doubt moments where you know it doesn't matter you've been in the industry for so long, but you sit there and you're like, okay, that didn't go according to the plan and maybe I'm not as good as I thought, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's probably every interview. No, I mean, it happens, you know, sometimes. It's a mix of things. You know, sometimes you're doing these interviews with these artists that have 
just got off an airplane, just left an airport. They don't know what city they're in and you can see it in their eyes. So those are the ones which sometimes throw out some real curveballs for you. And because then, you know, they're not really focusing. They're not really thinking straight. Um, but then you get like the, the ones, you know, I've had, I, I actually had, I've not, I've still not named the band. Um, and I don't know if I will. Maybe it'll be an interesting chapter in my autobiography. But one of the biggest bands in the world, um, mid-interview, very, or really, you know, those ones when you, you know, the, the big bands when you got to go through like three publicists and it was a, and, it, and it's a, like usually at like 6 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday or something like that. And um, this band, the member had a bit of a blowout on the phone and he started kind of ranting about something that was really weird. And then all of a sudden you just hear this voice come into the room and, but it's an angry tone. And it just goes silent for about 30 seconds. And then the artist came back and he was just like, anyway, sorry. So yes, the new album. (laughs) And I had to to just stop for a second. I'm like, wait a second. You know, if I publish this, this is going to get in, this is going to get this artist in a lot of trouble. That was actually one of those moments when I deleted it. I didn't put it in the interview because I'm thinking, you know what? It was actually one of my favorite bands. So I thought, no, I don't want this guy to get kicked out of the band. I fucking love him. So I actually kept it out. But, but yeah, those things happen, you know, where they just, they're humans, you know, something comes up in their mind and, and they just say it no matter how many interviews they do. You know, they can't all be code of conduct. But you look at your your maturity and you look at your writing over the years from where you got to your most recent piece that we had the chance to read. Well done. That Marcus Bridge piece about <laughs> his past and how it's connected yeah. to the new Northland album is just such a great read. I think everyone needs to check out. What you've done here for Marcus is articulately bring his story to light or allow him to bring his story to light about a very important record to him and something that I would imagine a lot of people would have gone through, you know, hell in the same way he had in, in you know, potentially having abusive and, and drug addicted parents and, and absent parents and all of that sort of stuff that a lot of people will be able to identify with him and his story on that. So it's an important one to tell. And that Marcus one was a great opportunity to do that. You know, totally. a, first, a first for me and oh, I think a first for Marcus as well. We, Spent about an hour and a bit on the phone. The, the raw transcript came to about 13 pages. It was intense, you know. It was, it was, it was crazy. I know that he had kind of said some of these things for the first time, and and I've I've known Marcus for, for donkeys now, and I, you know, I'm learning these things about one of my mates, and kind of really struggling to keep my journalist hat on with it, and just wanting to be like, oh my god, like, are you okay? Like, fuck. So it was it was a really interesting exercise in using this art for good, and. You know, that required very little work on my behalf, actually. It was the story that he was telling is just so important and so textured that, you know, I could have posted those 13 raw pages uh, of raw transcript and it still would have had a similar effect. It was crazy. And the response from that has just been phenomenal. You know, I know I know Marcus has been completely uh, bogged down is the wrong term because he's inviting this. You know, he's been very busy engaging with fans and, and followers about their stories and their experiences. And this is an indicator of just how strong that message was felt. You know, I'm getting people hitting me up and saying, oh, wow, I read your article, you know, and then it was so great. And I want to be like, shit, you know, like, don't talk to me. That is Marcus's article. I'm just the fucking scribe. Um, but that was, that was really testament to what happens when you use your powers for good in this world. Is, you know, you, you make these changes. You, you, we all damn well know that there's some kid out there, at least one kid that's read that article and it saves them. And, um, you know, not, not, not for the, the, the exposition that I put in, but because of Marcus's brave words. So, you know, I think we all need to kind of 
find those moments. Well, he's a man of much wisdom and he's not stopping anytime soon. Uh, you're a guy that you can track down on social media. If someone wants to get in touch with you and, you know, just pick your brain, so to say, Mike, how's the best way that they can get in touch? On oh, Twitter and Instagram, at Mike Honan Live. Um, Honan is an annoying thing to spell. Two H's, two N's, an O and an E. You'll work it out from there. <laughs> But um, yeah, at Mike Honan Live, I'm always awake. Come at me. Mike Honan, thanks for the chat, man. Really appreciate your time. We know that you're a busy, busy lad. Oh, he's everywhere, isn't he? He is absolutely everywhere. And and Brownie, we also have uh, Voyager and Chaos Divine about to embark on their, their uh, tour as well. And that's kicking off in the next week or so. And uh, this week came with them announcing the local supports. This idea that they had was great and i mm. want to see more bands adopt this because to have bands apply to um you know open in your hometown your local yeah. town is a fantastic idea and i think more bands need to be doing this and more promoters need to be doing this as well too to try and find that local talent and help spoke them up to get to that point yeah uh, there's as far as i can see there are two kind of two approaches to this one is that it's a popularity contest so the people with the most amount of people commenting their their band, yeah, their band, yeah, yeah. they get the spot. Yep. Uh, or, or the alternative is, I, don't know, I saw Cog do this. Basically, they put it up. Hey, tag the bands that you think we should have open in each of the regional places we're going to. Yeah. Um, but this is not a popularity contest. Do not. Like purposely, te- yeah. Do yeah. not, do not purposely tell all your fans right, to come okay, and yeah. flog us to death with your band name. We are simply looking for suggestions, and we want you to, and we want the best, of course. But we will check them out, and we will choose, and they'll do it. But we okay, will look at yeah. all of them who are tagged. Yeah. yeah, cool. But you don't need to absolutely thread bombers. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and. And from what I can see, people were pretty respectful. Of course, there are going to be people, more than one person per band that are going to tag yep, of course, those bands. Because yeah. like, as the thread gets larger, you're going more to miss... More people get involved and more people want to you You're know, going to miss ones that want. are like yeah. 50 comments prior. Yeah, yeah, Of yeah. course. So, you know, but if there was a band that was obviously just bombing the the, the comment thread... Yeah. That, that probably would have disqualified them more than... Help, help them, help yeah. their cause. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's that's good because then the band Cog obviously mm. will discover more bands, and then there's an opportunity in future with more tours where they might come across a band who they really enjoyed and take them on a national yeah. tour as opposed to just the local hometown show. Yeah, and I think what that also shows is the bands that they do eventually choose; those were hand picked by Cog. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You can actually wear that as a bit of a badge of pride of. Cog liked our band enough to bother to put us on their show rather than just like, oh, we proved to them we had tons of people and could yeah, t- yeah, who yeah, could yeah, sell gotcha. who could buy tickets. Which is like hopefully by proxy, a good band will be able to sell tickets anyway. Exactly, but, yeah. But they they kind of left it as a way that was like didn't feel spammy. Yeah, yeah. So pe- yeah, so bands obviously get involved with that mm. and you know, it sh- it showcases that there's there's more talent out there as opposed to seeing mm. the fans 
talking about the same kind of one particular band. Yeah. And that's one thing as well that I want to try and be a bit more um, alert for because you see people recommending bands and you see the same bands for each you know city come across and I want to look at the more obscure ones, the ones that get maybe two or three people mentioning it as opposed to the ones who get like, you know, hundreds mm. because they're the ones that could potentially be those dark sheep or the dark horse. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the saying is dark horse. Dark definitely. horse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they could be, you know, the next big thing that's just been waiting to be found. I think there's a new segment there, the dark sheep of the week. The dark sheep of the week. Yeah, which is like just the outlier band that we've found that week that's... Uh... You know, not not heaps of people are talking about, but... but what, uh, like vehicular beer slaughter? <laughs> oh, no. No one's talking about that no band. No one ever needs to know what that band... Yeah, well, that's that's a good idea. Let's, the let's, Dark Sheep. Let's do oh. our research next week and come across one band who we found during the week that we thought was pretty cool and you should check out. The Dark Sheep. Doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, a fantastically, like, articulate great band it could just be a joke band that like you think is no worth i don't spooking. think that no i think hey, it just you just has to the be... idea and and i'm taking over and doing my spin so you <laughs> find right. the great well, you band, find I'll... your dark sheep and i'll find mine <laughs> i'll find my dud sheep how about that yes uh but that brings us to the end Did you say of... dud sheep dud sheep yeah <laughs> That brings us to the end of episode seven of the matter of action podcast yeah the force awakens Sorry, it's episode seven is the Force Awakens. You had I, to get that. I just can't. I can't not equate episode X with until we get past episode nine, and then I'm fucked. Then you've got nothing else yeah, to yeah. talk about. Yeah. Uh, then we start doing prequels and ruin everything. Uh, well, we're already through the prequels. Yeah, we're through oh, yeah. one, two, and three. Oh yeah, true. All right. <laughs> You can tell. I held off until episode four when I said a new <laughs> a hope. A new hope. Oh, yeah. I didn't pick hey! up on that. Oh, all of these in-jokes and we have no idea what's going on. Hopefully you do. Uh, but thank you very much for checking us out again. Don't forget, you can get involved with the Matter of Faction podcast. Find us, track us down. Got to give a personal shout out to Suze. She's listening every week. Good on I you, mean, Ledge. At least we've got you. That's yes. all that counts. You can laugh at our dumb jokes. And uh, smash that subscribe button. He's Brownie. I'm Pricey. Catch you later. Bye, boy. You've been listening to the Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie.